today I'm going to be talking about how to remove the shame from the conversations that you're having surrounding your own body and other people's bodies. Because I think that something a lot of people don't realize is that the negative conversations we have surrounding bodies in general are based in shame. And the only way that we can improve our conversations and stop fueling the negativity surrounding them is by erasing our own shame and then continuing to help others erase the shame from their conversations. Something that I used to struggle with was my body image because from the time I was about 10 years old, I haven't been a thin person. <laughs> like I I wasn't thin and I was made fun of for it and a lot of the rhetoric that I heard throughout my childhood during those years when it would have been so meaningful for me to hear that my body was beautiful um, was rhetoric that was very negative and that basically taught me that the body that I lived in wasn't a good one and that's something that I don't think that anybody should ever believe about themselves. I wouldn't wish for my future children to believe that about themselves and I wouldn't wish for my friends or anybody in my family or any human being just walking down the street to have that opinion about themselves because our bodies are amazing regardless of what they look like they are amazing our bodies have the ability to keep us alive that's what they're there for they're not here to look good they're not here to be aesthetically pleasing they're not here to look at you know they're here to hold the things that keep us alive. <laughs> Honestly, like, that's a message that I had to learn. And through all of that, if I had known that the kind of person that I was going to grow into and be growing into at 19 years old didn't necessarily have to be thin, I would have been a lot better off. If the shame surrounding weight wouldn't have been such a huge part of my life at that age. I obviously wouldn't have the ability to share this with you guys, so I'm grateful for it. And at the same time, I want to sort of shift the conversation that a lot of people have that could potentially cause their future children and people in their lives that are being influenced by their words to have the same negative thoughts about their bodies that I had about mine starting at about 10 years old. I'm gonna try to convince you of one thing, and that is that every single negative opinion you have about your own body and about anybody else's body is based in shame. I know that that kind of seems like an obvious thing. When you're looking in the mirror and pointing out all your flaws, what you're really doing is feeling ashamed of the way that you look in comparison to everybody else. That's an obvious thing. That's not a new take on the whole body image conversation. It's something that is very obvious and very apparent. But I think that something a lot of people don't realize is that the conversations they're having about other people's bodies and about the way other people present themselves are also based in that shame. One of the most obvious examples of this that I can think of 
that is very recent is the Super Bowl halftime performance. A lot of people are going to listen to this and not want to admit to themselves that the reason they had those outraged opinions about the halftime performance is that they were raised to be ashamed of women's bodies or they were raised to believe that it is the woman's responsibility to prevent objectification and not the person who is objectifying them. This is a lesson that I think a lot of religious people learn. I know that I learned it and I know that I have plenty of friends who learned it as well. There is nothing wrong with being modest. There's nothing wrong with covering up, just as there's nothing wrong with not covering up. I don't think that the conversations we're having should be based in what a person can or cannot wear. That's a disgusting way to think about it. (laughs) Quite honestly, that's disgusting because objectification has existed ever since women were walking around with dresses to their ankles and with their sleeves going to their wrists and the neckline of their dresses being to the base of their neck. This is not a problem of women not covering up. And I find it appalling that so many people think that it is. Dressing in a short skirt and a crop top does not leave women vulnerable to objectification. Existing leaves women vulnerable to objectification. And what makes that worse is not the way that women present themselves, but the way that we talk about the way they present themselves. I'm not entirely sure how to make it any simpler of a concept. The values that people claim to have that deal with modesty are not based in fact. They are based in what has influenced them throughout their lives, and they can, in fact, be changed. And in this case, I would argue that it is very important for people to leave themselves open to changing. Whether that means you need to start forcing yourself to believe that a woman who was dressed as J-Lo was on that stage is worthy of the same amount of respect as the woman sitting next to you in church, or somehow teaching yourself that the responsibility lies in the hands of those who are doing the objectification. Your conversation and your thoughts need to change. Instead of saying that the performance was disgusting, and expressing the belief that if women don't want to be objectified, then they should cover up, try accepting that not everybody subscribes to the same beliefs about modesty that you do. There's nothing wrong with finding the performance distasteful because of the way they were dancing or because of the way that they were dressed. That is not the problem. The problems start happening when your conversations turn into... They need to cover up if they don't want to be objectified. Because not everybody is going to cover up. People are going to pole dance. And they are still worthy of respect. And when your conversations go in a negative direction and are laced with shame, the only thing that you're doing is teaching those around you that it is okay to objectify these women because they left themselves open to it. Remove the toxicity from your conversations about modesty because that is not what it's about there is a difference between teaching your children what it means to be modest and appropriate in different situations and teaching them to be ashamed of 
their bodies and to objectify other people. This is a line that a lot of people cross without even realizing that they're crossing it. Because it is difficult to teach people that what makes them comfortable doesn't necessarily make other people comfortable and happy. And it's even more difficult to convince them that there's nothing wrong with that fact. And this can apply to a lot of different situations and a lot of different aspects of people's lives. But what I'm focusing on here is shifting our conversations about people's bodies in a more positive direction. Because I think that it's easy for people to fall into a negative rhetoric and not know how to get out of it than it is to consciously have positive conversations. Because I feel like a lot of people's default is negativity. I know that negativity is my default and, you know, that's just kind of something that we have to recognize and something that we have to change. Because it is not the fault of other people that we go on autopilot and form negative opinions about things. That can't be blamed on anybody but ourselves and often it can't even be blamed on ourselves. It's just something that we have to be aware of. Recognizing when your personal discomfort is not the fault of other people is probably one of the most important aspects of erasing the shame. There are definitely a lot of situations in which those you are around should be taking your discomfort into account. I'm not trying to say that people doing toxic things around you is not something that you can be upset about or that you should be upset about. What I'm saying is that you have that choice. You have the choice of staying in a situation where you're uncomfortable or getting yourself out of it. And sometimes getting yourself out of that uncomfortable situation includes having conversations with those around you about what makes you uncomfortable. Other times, it's turning off the TV. Recognizing what you do control versus what you don't control is very important. It's necessary for people to understand when there is an actual thing that they should be upset about and when they're upset about something because of deep-rooted personal issues and values that are toxic for people around them. This doesn't just matter in situations where women are being objectified because of what they wear. It applies to body positivity in general. Learning how to love yourself is pretty much based in teaching yourself what it is that actually matters in your life and in the lives of those around you. It is shifting those values that you have that are leading you to feel so negative and realizing that you have the ability to choose to adhere to values and morals and principles that make you happy and that allow you to be content. Self-love starts with understanding what makes you the person that you are, and how to cultivate your own growth as that person that you are. Instead of trying to change to fit your values, you should change your values to fit you. We are constantly looking at examples of what a person should be like, and what a person should look like, dress like, act like, and talk like. And it is so necessary 
for us to take a step back from what everybody else looks like, talks like, acts like, and dress like, and look at how we dress, act, look, think, and believe. Body positivity is about more than looking in the mirror and being able to say that you are beautiful in your body. It's about learning to love every aspect of yourself, the way you dress, act, think, talk, and believe. And it is not enough to recognize that the way you were raised contributed to the values that you have that are shaping your negative opinions and your negative perspective on the world. Because if you continue to blame that negativity on things that have happened to you, you're never going to figure out how to change it. I would argue that it is not your fault that you have this shame and that you have these opinions that are rooted in shame, but it is your fault if from this point on they stay that way. If you can't start young, you start simple. The first step in all of this is the recognition, and the steps that you take going forward are your choice. From my perspective, the next move that a person should make after having had this recognition is to forgive themselves for not recognizing it earlier. As I've said before, we can't all be expected to have all the knowledge necessary to be a successful and effective person. We certainly aren't going to be perfect. That imperfection exists not only in our relationship with others and our relationship with the world, but also in our relationship with ourselves. Yes, overcoming social stigmas in the media is a difficult process. Overcoming the expectations that people have for us and that society has set for us is difficult. But it's even more difficult to overcome our own expectations for ourselves and to recognize that our expectations for ourselves can sometimes be the most toxic ones. While it's important to avoid comparing yourself to other people when you're trying to learn how to love yourself, I think that it's marginally more important to stop comparing yourself to that perfect image of yourself that you have in your head. Which sounds kind of weird, right? Like, you have an image of the perfect you in your head, and you're constantly comparing yourself to that perfect version of yourself. And it seems like it's necessary for your growth. But a lot of the time, constantly looking toward that perfect version of yourself can cause you to hate the person that you are in the moment. And that is wrong. You should never hate the person that you are. Yes, you should strive to become better in all things and in all ways possible because there is always room for improvement and it's totally fine to have goals. But sometimes our expectations for ourselves are way too high. And that can contribute more to our negative opinions about ourselves than any outside power that we believe is pulling us down. When you peel back the layers of expectation, I think that you'll find that a lot of who you were striving to be was based on nothing more than societal pressure and outside opinions and your belief that those people you're comparing yourself to are somehow more worthy than you are. The way that I made this discovery is a while back in one of my classes in high school, we were challenged with writing a mission statement. Um, and this mission statement 
was based on what we wanted to be able to say that we did when we were on our deathbeds. And I know that that seems kind of morbid, but it was actually super helpful to consider where I wanted to be in the end. Setting that goal for myself and realizing what my values and principles are was extremely important for me to understand where to go and what direction to take in order to be a content person and to feel like the life that I have lived has been meaningful. So ever since that assignment in ninth grade, I have been editing and changing and perfecting my mission statement and nobody knows that. <laughs> nobody knows that about me. Um, it's something dorky that I've done, but I also think that it's <laughs> that it's been helpful in shaping myself into the person that I am and realizing that I still have a lot of growth ahead of me. So I'm gonna read my mission statement now and, uh, if this inspires you to write your own, I mean, you've got to let me know because then what was the point of exposing myself like this? <laughs> Creating space for myself in a world that seems so full is all about being honest and unapologetically authentic in every single choice I make and relationship I form. In moments where I feel weak, and I feel outside pressures telling me that I am not good enough, or strong enough, or worthy enough. I will always do my best to alter my internal monologue to counter that and help me succeed. Just as I will be willing to help others, I will be willing to actively help myself. In order to be an effective and successful person, I will manifest my talent with the written word and share it whenever possible. I'll use whatever platform I have to change the conversations people have about themselves and the world around them. I will use every talent I possess to show people that they are able to grow. And whether this happens on a small or large scale, at the end of it all, I hope to be able to look back and say that I did my best. What is it that you want people to say about you when your time comes? What kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? What kind of person do you want to be able to look back and say that you were? Are you on your way to becoming that person? Those are the questions that we should be asking ourselves. Instead of wondering what it is that that perfect version of a human being you saw on your timeline is wearing or eating, to look the way that she looks. Try asking yourself if you are on your way to becoming the person that you want to be. And if you aren't, there's always time to change. There isn't a point at which it's not worth trying to change who you are so that you can be happy with the end result. You're never too old, never too stuck in your ways, never too far into it. So forgive yourself and start taking steps to becoming better because that is all that's expected of you. Overcoming society's expectations for you is a difficult process and it starts with learning more about who you are and who you want to become. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Once you understand where you are on your journey and where you want to go from here, nothing can stop you and even more necessary than your understanding of the importance of that is your acceptance of your flaws and your willingness to become better. When you find yourself desiring to become like another person, ask yourself what it is about them that you like more than you like about yourself. Because no matter what it looks like, 
Every single person has struggles and flaws. Their social media platforms don't reveal that, but it's the truth. Unfortunately, we don't get to look into other people's minds and hearts and find out what it is that makes them who they are. All we get is what they present and what they decide to share with the world. So we have to take a step back and realize that there is a perfect person that they're striving to be as well. And this doesn't have to be normal. The way we break this cycle is by living authentically and by removing the shame from living authentically. And a huge part of that is removing the shame from our conversations about other people's bodies and about the way other people present themselves. We have the ability to create a new generation of people who refuse to shame others for being who they are. We have the ability to create a new generation of people who do not objectify human beings because of what they're wearing or the way they're dancing or how sexy they are. We have this ability and it does not start with telling people what they can or cannot wear, what they should or shouldn't look like, how they should or should not talk. It starts with erasing the should or should not because all you're accomplishing when you talk about the way a woman should dress or a man should look is teaching those around you that people are nothing more than the way they look and that is not okay. Although it has become the norm for many people, it is not okay. And the good news is, we don't have to sit back and accept it. It starts with us. If we can teach ourselves that people are more than the way they look and that we are more than the way we look, that lesson will translate into every aspect of our lives, including parenting, friendships, relationships with your peers, and simply the way you conduct yourself in public. By choosing to live authentically as you are and rejecting the idea that you are nothing more than your surface, you are erasing the shame. And that is necessary for teaching future generations of people and current generations of people that every human being is meaningful regardless of the way they carry themselves, the way they look, the beliefs they adhere to, the people they love, the gender they are, and the capabilities that they have. This is a conversation that I intend to keep having because I've been able to recognize that there is a ton of shame that is driving the conversations that many of the people in my life have on a daily basis. And I realize that the only way that that can change is if somebody talks about it. So that's the plan for now. That's the plan. And I hope that you guys will join me. 